The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With back-to-back poor performances in the rear view, the Bears have no choice but to move forward as they head down to the Dirty South to face the 2-3 and three Atlanta Falcons in the Georgia Dome on Sunday. Can the Bears snap their two-game losing streak, or will the Falcons just soar right over us? All of this and so much more on the Week 6 Preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. You know, you want to be able to trust your favorite team, but uh, after the first five games of the season, it's hard to trust who will show up on Sundays. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back. The week six preview episode of the Chicago Bears review, previewing this Bears upcoming matchup against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday in the Georgia Dome. Our last two trips to the Georgia Dome have not been kind to us. Uh, one last second robbery of a loss in 2008 and then the following year we uh, went down there and got uh, got our got our butts handed to us on national television on Sunday night uh, football uh, you know that's where we developed our we can't score on fourth and goal at the one yard line uh, thing Matt Forte fumbles the football we practically gave that football game uh, away but that was the last time we were down in Atlanta the last time we saw the Falcons was three years ago on opening day, 2011, when the Bears took the uh, the former number one seeded Falcons to the woodshed. It was like 31 to 12 or some, something crazy like that. We really put it to them in that first game of the season. And uh, that ill-fated 2011 season that would crumble after Jay Cutler uh, broke his thumb because then we would cease to have an offense uh, after that. But, um, you know, been a while since we've seen the Falcons a um both teams two and three both teams on two game losing streaks uh right now uh the falcons won their opener at home against the saints uh then they uh went on the road and lost i forget to who exactly then they came home again and that's when uh, on on thursday night football against lovey and the tampa bay buccaneers when they went up 56 to nothing uh before lovey and the bucks got on the board uh, they won that game 56-14, to 14. both games home games for the Falcons. The three road games that they've had so far this year have all been losses, so they're undefeated in the Dome so far this season. The Bears, on the other hand, can't figure out how to win a football game at home. Fairly decent at winning football games on the road, even though we blew one last week against the Carolina Panthers. So it's uh, something's got to give on Sunday, and hopefully it'll give uh, in our favor uh, when the Bears travel down uh, to uh, the Georgia Dome. So, you know, got quite a few things to get to. We got an injury report. Lamar Houston is going crazy on Twitter. Uh, you know, rumors about Indomitian Sue maybe wearing a bear uniform next year. I don't even know if we can afford that. And, uh, you know, see what else we can dig up. Oh, yeah. And Devin Hester, happy 
in Atlanta. So we'll talk about all that. What we say we go ahead and dive into this week's news segment and whatever news and nuggets I can dig up for the Bears and Falcons. All right, so we'll go ahead and dive right in here and just get the injury report out of the way. Um, pretty interesting in the fact that uh, there's a lot of people not practicing this week. You know, uh, tell me if you can sense a pattern here. Shea McClellan, uh, John Bostic, uh, DJ Williams, Lance Briggs. Can you tell me what these guys all have in common? Yeah, that's right. There are there are linebacking core, and, and quite frankly, there are top four linebackers right now none of them have practiced yet this week uh briggs was nursing a rib injury from the carolina game bostic hurt his back against carolina shay mcclellan still with the busted hand and um dj williams um i think was a hamstring injury if i'm not mistaken uh that's bugging him but none of them have practiced Our, our our three starting linebackers have not practiced yet uh this week so i hope uh you know, Christian Jones is ready to go, and maybe those guys that keep kicking on and off the uh, practice squad, one of them might get promoted so they can play on Sunday against uh, Atlanta. Uh, Jeremiah Ratliff, on the other hand, has passed his concussion protocol, has been uh, limited uh, this week in practice, but he is practicing uh, for a change. Uh, Chris Conti is uh, doing the same. He's been limited as well. Roberto Garza, on the other hand, has been full participation so far, both days uh, this week, the Bears haven't practiced yet on Friday. And um, um, Jermont Bushrod has not practiced yet, still nursing the uh, injury he suffered in practice last uh, Wednesday, what he described kind of a fluke accident, uh, if you will. So that's the, that's the book on our guys. Uh, Ahmad Dixon still nursing the hamstring. Uh, Matt Forte has been out for personal reasons. He's not injured or anything like that, so he's fine. Sherry McManus with the, uh, I think it's the quadricep muscle that was bothering him. He's been out of practice, so we'll see if uh, if he uh, practices at all uh, this week. Uh, McManus has been limited, so my mistake. I was looking at McClellan. Mc- McClellan and McManus are right after each other. But uh, McManus has uh, been limited so far uh, this week, so looks like he may be able to make a return. God knows we could use the help, so that's the injury report uh it's not the brightest of injury reports especially with the questions circling the fact that our basically our entire linebacking core was has not practiced at all this week makes you wonder how we can feel a defense in practice uh uh so far to get prepared for the falcons so we'll have to wait and wait and see if uh when they practice on friday what that looks like and uh and you know it might be a question mark all the way up until uh, sunday uh, at, and, and at 3 o'clock, actually, the Bears and Falcons got flexed from noon to 3.25, I think, is the start going to be for the game now. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting interesting football game. We'll talk a little bit more about why I think that is uh, in a few minutes in our uh, preview segment. Now, on to Lamar Houston. Um, after Sunday's game against Carolina, Bear fans, like myself, for anyone who listened to the review episode, that fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction pretty much sums it all up. I was pretty well pissed that uh, the Bears played the way they did. 
that uh, we can't seem to figure out this one weakness we have on defense that every single opponent we've had, including the preseason, has exploited and exploited to their benefit uh, over and over and over again. I mean, that's been my favorite season so far. My favorite sentence so far this season is over and over and over again, over and over and over again. So um, anyway, Lamar Houston comes out on Twitter. Um, apparently, people have been tweeting unsavory things to him, and he had enough. I mean, he's we're all human beings. There's only so much each person can take, and obviously that, you know, hindsight being 2020, it would tell him to just brush it off. Don't listen to them. They're just, you know, they're people. They're, they're fans. What do they know uh, kind of thing, and, uh, you know, but instead he, he decided to answer and went quite on uh, went, went on quite a quite a goofy rant on uh you know how um basically telling fairweather fans to quote unquote eat dirt which i'm sure is a euphemism for something else i think i talked about this on the the review episode uh, after the game but um you know i tried to to get the tweets but uh, he's deleted them i was just looking at his twitter account he deleted the tweets so they're not they're not out there to be seen uh anymore but uh basically he was like he was saying what Aaron Rodgers said to Packer fans, only he wasn't saying it quite as delicately or as smoothly as Aaron Rodgers did. You know, Aaron Rodgers with the R-E-L-A-X, relax, we're going to be fine. Lamar Houston was like, that's just to sum up how Lamar Houston was was handling it. it's basically we got we got 11 games left and we're all hitting the panic button and and everything and and, and from a fan perspective uh lamar you have to number one you have to remember where it is you play football now you're in chicago okay there aren't many fans if any in the nfl that outrank us as far as passion towards their football team the way that we feel and love and care for this team so number one any reaction that we have positive or negative is going to be laid on pretty thick because of the love that we have for this team when you are playing well you will feel like the most loved person on the planet ask anybody on the 85 bear team who still lives in chicago ask them if they've paid for a meal in the last 30 years because most likely if there's been a bear fan in the building they haven't it's just that's how much we beloved those that succeed for us in Chicago. And for those who do not succeed in Chicago, you know, whether it be on a one game. But I mean, hell, just you got a teammate that can tell you all about it. Ask Chris Conti what his life has been like for the last 12 months when he stunk it up on the field all of 2013 and then choked at the very end of the Green Bay game, the one play that ended up cost, you know, that decided the outcome basically at the end of the football game. He's the one guy on the field that doesn't get the audible that Lance calls and he becomes a wanted man in Chicago. And actually, if you don't want to ask Chris Conti, the football player, ask uh, Chris Conti the uh, – I believe he's a weatherman in like Tennessee or something. The people that some people on Twitter thought that was, you know, thought that was the real Chris Conti and have been terrorizing him uh, throughout the entire offseason. So ask either one of those guys what it's like when Chicago Bear fans are pissed at you and what the passion is, you know, what comes through most of all is the passion that we do have uh, for this team. So if you're going to go up against that, you have to come correct. And he did not. 
I mean, I, I certainly sympathize with his situation that it's extremely frustrating to have a lot of people, especially those that, um, you know, for the most part, we as fans, we can only speculate. We can only go by what we see. We don't we don't get to participate in the meetings. We don't know what the game plan is. We don't know what it is that their goal or their objective is in this scheme of things uh, for that particular Sunday. You have to concede that point. You know, the, the, the big point, however, is we don't care. <laughs> Honestly, we don't care. We want you to play well. We root for you. We love you. We want to see you succeed. And when you don't, it really sucks. And some of us, you know, hate it more than others. Uh, when they don't play well and Lamar Houston was basically yelling back at the fans and you know yelling back at an extremely passionate fan base is is not going to go well for you and it didn't Um, so he ended up deleting the tweets he did make a few headlines uh, and everything so so a few more people know who Lamar Houston is now uh, than they did uh, before Sunday but um, you know the you know the whole situation for me was was funny it's 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 funny that that people can be uh you know the people that he was talking to anyway that, that they could be so out of sorts to to directly tweet a player uh some of the things that were being said to him and it's even funnier to me that he would give in and start yelling back um so th- i just wiped the whole thing off as a, a an unintentional co- comedic moment because uh, neither side is trying to be funny but when you know, it's like watching two four-year-olds argue. Neither one of them knows what the hell they're talking about, but it's fun to sit there and watch them try to go at it with each other. So, um, you know, that's kind of how I how how I viewed the whole Lamar Houston thing. It's just like, why why would you why would you why would you respond? Why would you do it? You know, nothing good. Name one time, name one time a fan or excuse me, a, an athlete answering a negative tweet from a fan turned out well. Name one time. That a fan went to a player was like, you know what, you scumbag piece of blah 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 blah, blah. and then the the player comes back at the same breath and the same level, saying, well, f you and you know, bomb bomb and blah 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 blah, and you know, to have the fan be like, you know what, you're right, man, I'm completely sorry. That has never happened, not once, and it's didn't happen in this situation. It's not going to happen anytime uh, in the future. So it's just stupid to even try to get through to those people because some I mean even you know people even more passionate than me uh, take it to to (laughs) alarming levels with uh, with uh, you know like tears and hating the world and you know letting it affect their their lives afterwards and and everything for me and it's just it only bothered me if you ask me about it like hey how'd that bear game go (laughs) you know that kind of thing but not so much that it's going to ruin me for the rest of the week until the Bears win again kind of thing. So anyway, that's just my take on the uh, Lamar Houston situation. All right, so a couple more things before we get to our preview. Number one uh, was an interesting co- article. Uh, didn't really get into reading uh, the article too much. I mean, I kind of skimmed through it, but just the headline alone was, was, worth, the, uh, was worth a hypothetical and the the hypothetical was uh, Willie Young, you know, quote unquote, you know, I want Sue with me, which you know we know where Willie Young is now. He's here in Chicago with us, and uh, and Dominic and Sue is set to become an unrestricted free agent after this year, uh, his last year of his rookie contract in Detroit. Now, 
that sounds great in theory because despite being, you know, one of the more penalized and quote-unquote dirtiest players in the game, and Dominican Sue was an absolute beast, he would be a boulder in the middle. I mean, remember when we had Keith Trailer and Ted Washington back in 2001? It was impossible to run against us because those rocks of granite were sitting in the middle of the field and nobody could move them, not to mention that Sue is actually a fairly decent pass rusher for an inside, uh, for an interior lineman. So that sounds great in theory. I think that would be awesome. And Indomitian Sue is one of those passionate, fiery, kind of guys that you know would fit really well in Chicago at least with the fans anyway and I think it would be awesome to have him on board however where the hell are we going to get the money from you know with with uh, Houston and um, Allen making uh, seven eight million dollars a piece um, you know Willie Young he's making three million himself uh, you know well not to mention that we've basically spent all the money on the offense now uh, where are we going to get this extra money from? I don't know what our cap situation looks like, but uh, I wonder what we would have to sacrifice, what we'd have to you know, skimp on in order to, to add Indomitian Sue uh, to that defensive line. I mean, it sounds great in theory, but uh, I would love to hear the, uh, the uh, financials of it all to, to, to see if that's a, a situation that uh, might work out for us. So, but, uh, you know, time will tell. Uh, you know, Chicago is being rumored as one of the destinations for Indomitian Sioux, along with uh, uh, Dallas, and there was one other one that I'm forgetting right now. But Dallas and Chicago were like one and two on the list, uh, according to sources uh, close to, to Sioux about where he might think about playing uh, in 2015. So if we're on the list, you know, I say we definitely take a meeting and see what it uh, might take to uh, – make that happen so it'd be interesting to see if we can make something like that go financially and uh you know to see if he would be the fit that uh, we need him to be in order for us the bears to be successful because you know it's the nfl you don't sometimes all it takes is one well-placed player to turn something around you know just to be i mean look at uh you know just off the top of my head look at the the Vikings in 2009. In 2008, they don't have a quarterback. Their offense is kind of, eh. 2009, they have Brett Favre. All of a sudden, the offense is ignited. They go to the NFC Championship game, is just a few plays away from going to the Super Bowl. That's the kind of thing that can happen. A one well-placed player, you know, on one particular side of the football can turn the whole thing around. So maybe uh, Indomitian Sioux is that missing piece to uh you know to returning the defense to dominance we'll have to wait and see and then finally closing out uh uh you know the headline on the article says devin hester quote unquote happy uh in atlanta which would be to uh assume that he was unhappy uh in chicago and he has gone so far so far as to admit as much that he was unhappy his last couple of years in chicago how he'd be in training camp um, you know, being, you know, uh, wowed and, and uh, uh, revered by the by the media and by coaches saying that he's having the best camp out of any receiver uh, in the you know, on the team. And then when the season starts, he's not part of the game plan uh, or he's um, minimally part of it and so on. And then apparently his relationship with Jay Cutler uh, soured in 2012, where he just relegated himself to playing special teams only in 2013 so um 
you know, he's in Atlanta now. He's he's their primary kick returner for kicks and punts, so we got to watch out for that on Sunday. And he's also playing receiver. He's their number three, number four guy. He's uh, he's caught 14, 14 passes, 212 yards, and a touchdown. He also did break Deion record, Deion Sanders' all-time uh, all-time return, all returns records. So interceptions, kick returns, punt returns, blocked field goals, whatever. Devin Hester now has the record. He tied it last year with the Bears. He broke it this year with the Falcons. I only thank God in heaven that he didn't wait to do it against us on Sunday. So anything he does now, he's adding to the record as opposed to breaking it against the Bears. So, you know, he's he's kind of playing it kind of cool is right now, kind of the same way Greg Olson did uh, last week for the Panthers where he's not going into this game thinking about revenge or anything. And I think that's a bunch of crap. Okay, we're all human beings here, and every person on the planet would love to stick it to the person that, that quote-unquote gave up on you. And that's kind of how he feels about the Bears because he's made remarks about the Bears didn't even offer him a contract in the, in the offseason. And, you know, and quite frankly, we had bigger fish to fry than uh, bringing back Devin Hester, who didn't have the greatest year last year, who was fairly ineffective at times now i don't know if that had more to do with the fact that we haven't been churning out a quality special teams unit the last few years or if you know it was just obvious that devin hester needed a change of scenery he's found that in atlanta so i wish him all the best except for this sunday i'm hoping that the uh, hamstring injury that's been bothering him you know flares up on saturday so he can't play on sunday so you know and then after the bears leave town on sunday then he's 100 percent healthy and and returns 12 more kicks for the falcons and goes to the hall of fame where he belongs so that's kind of how i feel about devin Hester. but um you know he's he said the bears didn't even offer him a contract we had a defense that we had to rebuild uh going into the last offseason so re-signing uh you know a based on last year an unproductive kick returner was not exactly high on phil emery's to-do list and uh you know he amicably um you know told devin i mean he was up front he called devin told him we weren't going to pursue him that uh you know wish him all the best and uh you know wish you the best in, in free agency hope you find a good home and he did he's happy in atlanta i couldn't necessarily say the bears are happy with the choice that they made but uh we're living with it and uh We'll see what happens uh, going forward from here. So um, it's unfortunate that it went down the way it did, that there would be any kind of animosity between the front office and Devin Hester because certainly we Bear fans still love him, and obviously we've missed him this year with the travesty that we've put out there trying to return kicks so far. I mean, Santonio Holmes hasn't been bad, but – you know, it's nothing compared to Devin Hester, so we definitely miss him. So in hindsight, it doesn't look like the best decision, but going into the off season, the priority was clear, and that's what the Bears had to pursue at the cost of losing Devin Hester. So it's just uh, it's just a part of doing business uh, in the NFL, unfortunately. So like I said, I wish Devin Hester all the best in the world, except this Sunday when he plays against the Bears. I hope he muffs every punt that we kick to him that uh, Robbie Gold kicks every single kickoff through the back of the end zone so he doesn't get a chance to hurt us at all on Sunday. All right, so that's going to do it for our news and notes segment. What do you say we go ahead and dive right in to the preview segment for the Bears and the Falcons on Sunday?
This Sunday, our beloved Chicago Bears head south to the dirty south of Atlanta, Georgia, to take on the 2-3 and three Atlanta Falcons in the Georgia Dome. It'll be a 325 kickoff. I'm pretty sure the game will be on Fox uh, this Sunday. Got flexed to the later game, so I think that we're in danger of having uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman call this one. And Well, actually, we might get off the hook considering that it's uh, – NLCS. It's playoff baseball time, so we might be able to do this thing without Joe Buck, which would be nice because, number one, I hate Joe Buck, and number two, Joe Buck hates Chicago. So he's always kind of quick to, uh, you know, seem to enjoy what's happening to the Bears when it happens in a negative in a negative light. So um, anyway, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, both defenses not really playing up to snuff. Uh, both of them fairly good at giving up a decent amount of points, and uh, both offenses loaded for to be explosive. Now the Bears have an advantage in the running game because Matt Forte is a younger, healthier, and just overall better running back than Steven Jackson uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. However, we pretty much line up head to head. You know, Roddy White, Julio Jones versus. Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. Well, we definitely have the advantage as far as tight ends are concerned. I couldn't even tell you who Atlanta's tight end is, and we damn well sure know who our tight end is uh, in Mr. Martellus Bennett. Leading the team in catches, Alshon Jeffrey has the lead in yards. Um, and the funny thing is uh, Marshall leads the team in touchdowns. So that's uh, that's that's how varied our, our receiving core is um, this season. So, you know, both teams – have trouble on the defensive side of the ball. The the Falcons are in the twenties on both on with in both things. They're twenty third versus the pass, twenty eighth against the run. Uh, the Bears, on the other hand, are middle of the road, which we've been talking since last season. Middle of the road, dude. That's where we want you guys. Seventeenth against the pass, sixteenth against the run. That's you know. We figured that would be a recipe for success, and and honestly, it would be because in the games that we've lost, um, the defense, well, against the, except for the Green Bay game, of course, the defense hasn't been all that bad, uh, has you know played well enough for us to win, forcing turnovers uh, and such, and it was the alt- offense that ultimately let us down. Five games into 2013, we were averaging over 29 points a game. Five games into 2014, we're barely at 23 points a game so it's uh it's a significant difference not to mention that the offense was consistent in through the first five games last season where anything but you know we have the you know i mean even even in in a particular game where we're having trouble struggling with consistency you know the the first drive of 2014 for the bears is a touchdown drive we can't manage to put it in the end zone for the rest of the game against the against the bills you know kind of similar to what happened against the the jets we're marching down the field and then all of a sudden we're getting swarmed and sacked and uh you know things like that we come out and we lay a turd for the first three quarters against the 49ers and then explode for 21 points uh in the fourth quarter we haven't had we haven't played a complete game yet on the offensive side uh, of the football. So, I mean, we had that awesome first half against the Packers. We're thinking we're gonna, this is going to be a knockdown, drag-out, shootout from beginning to end. It's going to be like playing a game of Madden where whoever has the ball last is going to win kind of thing. But instead, when the second half comes, Green Bay keeps playing well and the offense regresses and we end up getting blown out in our own building. Um, 
And then last week, we come out, all guns blazing, all cylinders firing, and then, you know, towards the middle of the, towards the later half of the second quarter and into the rest of the football game, we got nothing. We got three points after taking a 21-7 to lead with 11 minutes to go in the first quarter. We scored three points the remaining 49 minutes of the football game and, and lose. So it's, um, it, we haven't been, we haven't played a consistently good football game from start to finish uh, on offense. I think the defense has actually been, done a better job of being consistent, only for them, They've either been consistently good or consistently bad. So, and, and neither team has done it together. You know, we haven't had a consistently good offensive day on the same day that we've played consistently well on defense. And, uh, you know, we haven't been consistently bad together at the same time uh, either. So it's, it's a frustrating thing uh, to watch. The Falcons are kind of similar uh, in, that, in that vein. Uh, they, they played, you know, they did have a shootout against the Saints to start the season, racking up the points. I think they won like 31 to 28 or something like that and, uh, you know, explode for 56 points against the, uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then come back out a week later and get beat on the road by the Minnesota Vikings. And then, uh, you know, they got smashed pretty well last week uh, against the Giants in, uh, in, the, uh, in the Meadowlands. So... You know, and they got killed pretty good against the run, too. So Matt Forte could probably get going uh, downhill against these uh, against the Falcons. I mean, here here's here's what it's going to come down to. Okay, both of the offenses, in my opinion, are pretty much going to be able to do what they want to do out there because both offensive units are superior to the defensive units that they're facing. So that's what it's going to come down to this week who's going to make the mistake will the bears force the mistake on matt ryan or steven jackson or devin hester or julio jones or will the falcons force a mistake out of jay cutler will the falcons force a mistake out of martellus bennett or alshon jeffrey or matt forte uh in in that vein because i think that the the like i said the offenses i think are pretty much going to be able to do what they want at will this weekend um, I just think that, especially with the way the Bears have been playing defense the first nine games of the season, including the preseason, that, um, you know, you, you got to think that Julio Jones, Devin Hester, uh, you know, Roddy White are all sitting back looking at the film be like, look, all he does, it's a five-yard slam pattern. He's, he's got a 10-yard cushion all surrounding him as soon as he gets behind the linebackers. They got to be drooling over this. Matt Ryan has got to be having, you know, having fun-filled nightmares or, excuse me, fun-filled dreams at night just thinking about the possibilities of what this offense can do with those weapons, uh, uh, you know, on Sunday. I mean, it just seems like, you know, yeah, Mel Tucker's defense seems to be designed to take away the big play, but, you know, as far as, like, getting beat on the outside, no one's really done that to the Bears this year to be able to say oh there goes so-and-so 40 yards down the sideline wide open untouched kind of thing that hasn't happened to the bears this year it's just that we're giving up everything else in 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 front of us uh behind the linebacker in front of the safety that's wide open pretty much anytime you want to do it it's there so if, if our defensive front can't get to the quarterback we've got big plays galore just waiting to happen for our for our opponents 
the Falcons are kind of in the same vein. They, you know, they they got uh, blown up for thirty points last week against the Giants. Even in a winning, uh, in a winning situation for them, Week One against the Saints, they gave up twenty eight points. You know, four touchdowns and uh, and so on. So it's uh, I think this thing is going to be a shootout, and it's going to come down to whoever makes the fewest mistakes. Period. And um, you know Mel Tucker and the Bears defense, they need to dial up some blitzes to get after Matt Ryan because he can't. We can't just sit there and rush four. And, and and maybe we can come out in the beginning and see if that works for us because their offensive line is kind of banged up. Jake Matthews, their top pick, looks like he's going to be back in the lineup, but he's got he's hobbled. He's not playing a hundred percent. He's got a bad wheel. One of his legs is, you know, got a real bad uh, ankle injury that cost him a game or two. But you know, he's been playing. Um, and the other thing uh, we talked about at the end of the the, the review episode was Jared Allen is going to be under a dome and back on turf again. You know, all of a sudden we might be able to see that spring in his step again and have him uh, show up and get after Matt Ryan and maybe get his first couple sacks uh, in a bare uniform. That would be nice to see. It's like, you know, if we can do that, if, you know, Jay Ratliff's return to the field is successful and he can get after the quarterback, if Willie Young keeps playing like the beast that he's been uh, portraying himself to be the first five games of the season and we can get after Matt Ryan with just the front four, I think we'll have a pretty successful day. But if we go out there and the pass rush just isn't doing it and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Roddy White are eating us alive, then we got to start taking some chances. We got to be aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. Send a blitz. Send all three linebackers. I don't care. You know, send the linebackers, drop some linemen into coverage, send a corner. Kyle Fuller, he's been a beast at everything else so far this year. See if he can pull off a decent corner blitz. You know, send a nickel back on nickel downs and, you know, take the chance to make the bigger play. That's what we want to do with the defense. Take the chance to make the bigger play because if we sit back there and let Matt Ryan pick us apart we're going to lose this game it's just that simple you know on the offensive side of the ball we have to be protective of Jay we can't let him get hit he got sacked four times last week uh, against the Panthers we got to be able to protect Matt and get him the open lanes and let him run the football we're going up against the 27th ranked rush defense uh, in the league so statistics would say Forte should have a pretty decent day uh, running the football and uh, you know just for a while every now and then Jay just forget Matt's on the football team just forget it and and look for Jeffrey and Marshall's more specifically look for Brandon Marshall because I think if he has another game or two where he's make two catches for 19 yards we might lose him so you know we got to go out there we got to make that guy happy and get him you know eight ten targets uh, on Sunday to try to get him the football because God knows if the ball is up there, more times than not, Brandon's going to go get it for us. So, And he's 100%. His, his ankle is 100% better. So you'd think he'd have a huge game against the Panthers, but instead he was non-existent. Let's get him going this week uh, against the Falcons. It's, it's all lining up that we should win the game. We should. But because of the defense's you know, blind refusal to make any kind of adjustments when things aren't going so well, Right now I'm picking the Falcons, and it's just, you know, I don't want to. I absolutely believe the Bears can win this game. As a matter of fact, I think we have the talent to win every game on the schedule, to be completely honest. That's what I believe. 
uh, as a fan. I, I love the moves that we made. Uh, I love what we did, except for, of course, not really doing anything about the safety position, which we're still struggling with. But going out and getting Allen, signing Lamar Houston, dragging in Willie Young, drafting Ferguson and, and Sutton in the second and third round. Those kids have both been great, especially Eagle Ferguson, uh, Kyle Fuller. Uh, like I said, I didn't want a corner, but I love that we got this guy. That's for sure. He's been he's made Phil Emery look like a genius for taking him and passing on the safeties uh, as far as the, the number one pick is concerned. Uh, now, if we can just get Brock Vereen going, man, that'd be like this this 2014 draft class is one hell of a class. But, um, you know, when our top three picks are all contributors, you're having a decent draft so far. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ferguson and Sutton have been playing well. Uh, especially Ferguson in the absence of Jay Ratliff, and uh, we'll see what uh, what goes on uh, what goes on there from the uh, from the defensive side of the uh, defensive side of the football. So, you know, we we, we got to be aggressive. We got to take some chances and get after uh, Matt Ryan. We we definitely have to. Uh, he's he's known as Matty Ice, but he's also known to throw some interceptions. Uh, he had uh, 17, 18 interceptions last year. I mean, even in a year where he was considered to do well, uh, he threw 32 touchdown passes in 2012 when they almost went to the Super Bowl, but he still threw 14 interceptions that year. So this guy isn't immune to uh, making a mistake from time to time, and uh, it's something that could benefit the Bears uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the long run uh, in this game on Sunday especially since we we have been a lot more opportunistic on defense when it comes to turnovers this year. So, you know, that's something that we definitely want to do. We want to create opportunities for ourselves to get the ball back in our offense's hands because our offense is better than their defense. And, you know, that head-to-head matchup, I believe our offense is good enough to win every time that they touch the field. So that's what I want on offense. We got to protect Jay. We got to get Matt Forte going. We got to involve Brandon Marshall. You know, keep the ball going on with us on the defense side of the ball. We need to take some chances and be aggressive with blitzes and things like that, especially if we come out early on uh, in the football game and the, the the pass rush from the front four isn't getting it done. We we need to we need to make that call early in in the you know late first quarter, early second quarter tops that we that we switch it up and don't wait till halftime go out there and get some momentum back before halftime so that uh, this thing can get under wraps if that indeed uh, is what uh, what happens so um, so yeah how do I think this thing will shake out right now just because I, I I don't trust the defense at all or at least I don't trust Mel Tucker to make the appropriate adjustments if they come out just trying to rush for and sit back in coverage we saw how well that worked out with Aaron Rodgers, and uh, you know we actually we've seen how it's happened with just about anybody we've played this year. But this is uh, this is what's most uh, most worrisome is that uh, it could happen to us all over again, and and our defense uh, we just can't be relied upon right now. So um, you know I run a confidence pool uh, with some friends. I did pick the Falcons to win, but I only put like a three value on it so it's not like i'm i'm putting all 16 points on the falcons because i think they're going to steamroll the bears um you know if uh, if i had to put uh 
you know, like odd percentage on it, I would probably go like, you know, 52 to 48 in favor of, of Atlanta winning the game on Sunday. So I know this is a Bears show and I hate to pick against the Bears, but you guys have to understand you guys have been watching the games. You know what I'm talking about. So you can't be all that surprised that I would go this route. So but you guys also know me. You know how much I'd love to be wrong when I come back and talk to you guys on Monday about this game. So, you know, I hope and pray that I am wrong, that I can eat a lot of crow about being wrong uh, on Monday when I do the review episode. So I think that's going to go ahead and do it for us this week, uh, folks. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with the review episode of the Chicago Bears review. How did the Bears and Falcons do it did the bears come out on top are we looking at a three game winning streak and a two and four record so that's uh let's just hope that that is not the case uh when it comes to so um you can, guys i'll be uh, live tweeting the game on sunday between the bears and the falcons so you want to follow me on twitter it's shy bears review c-h-i bears review uh to uh to follow me with the live tweets and feel free to throw in your comments questions whatever you got and i'll try to answer them best i can as we go through the game so um that's going to do it for this uh for this episode the week six preview episode of the chicago bears review once again my name is larry d and until next time this has been the chicago bears review Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.